You've heard the story that we've read tonight from Luke's Gospel, and there's a good chance that you're familiar with the parts that Matthew's Gospel covers. And today we heard about the shepherds. We know the Magi will be along shortly. We know from John's Gospel that Jesus was the Word, the Word made flesh, and in him was the light of all mankind. This is our story. And it is simple and profound. It is beautiful, and we know where it leads that it becomes difficult. But tonight, tonight of all nights, is a time to be still, to let the darkness outside be outside, and for Christ and Christ alone to be our light. So maybe you've heard the Christmas story a hundred times. But tonight is the night to have it etched on your heart one more time. Before we do so, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we we have heard the story of your birth. We sing the songs of Bethlehem and of the manger. And yet we remember that you, not only were you born into this world, but that you live today that you live within our hearts, and that you promise to never leave us or forsake us, but rather that when we are in your presence, then and then only are we truly home. So call our hearts home to your peace, to your hope, to your joy, and to your love this night. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. If you have something of great value, if you have wealth abundant, a simple and continuously repeated rule of thumb is to diversify your investments. Maybe at the end of the fiscal year, there's little reminders to diversify your investments. And yet, I wonder if we've ever seen God diversify investments. Or if maybe we think about um, often, when we think about investing in someone, it can't be so diverse because we're, we're finite. We're only one person. So the inspirational stories of, of the athlete who had the one coach who believed in them and invested in them, or the student who had the one teacher who saw something in them and invested in them, but it's so limited. It's so one-on-one. It can only go so far. And yet, Diversify your investments and invest fully into one thing that matters a lot. I think God does diversify the investment of the gospel story because this is God's big move. Christmas Eve is the moment, the turning moment, when all of the promises for the future are brought into the present. This is God's big story coming to life, quite literally coming to life in Bethlehem on that holy night. And who does God invest this story in? It would seem if we read all the gospel accounts that that God diversified investments when it came to who would this story be invested in, who would be trusted and given the gift of knowing that Christ was born in Bethlehem. Now, Earlier in Advent, either here or at another church where you worship, might have heard about Zechariah and Elizabeth. 
that old couple that had gone for years with their prayers unanswered. And yet, God invested part of the story in them. Zechariah, a priest, working in the temple. This maybe isn't a surprising place to find God at work, to find part of the story coming to life in the temple, in the place of worship. And yet, also, we know that after what happens tonight in what we heard read, the Magi from the East will come. And maybe this shouldn't be a surprise. As we sing of, oh, wisdom from on high, being Jesus, it should not surprise us that wise men from the East, people who love and search for wisdom, would know to look for Jesus and would follow his star to find our Lord. It makes sense that the wise men would be part of those whom God invested the story in, who was part of the gospel play unfolding before us. These are maybe unsurprising investments. A temple, wise men. But where we were in the gospel of Luke today, is maybe the more surprising investments, the characters that God invested a huge portion of the gospel story to. And it is a surprising investment, and it just proves how diverse God's investments are. We have Joseph and Mary. Joseph, not a priest, not a prophet. Joseph, the carpenter, who got brought into a story so much bigger than himself. We have Mary, who declares herself to be the Lord's humble servant, who is wise, who is thoughtful, who treasures this story in her heart, that the gospel story was invested in her. But perhaps the most surprising investment of all, of of who should share this story outside of the priests and the magi and the humble parents of our Lord chosen, would be that the shepherds would be the first witnesses that Christ had been born. The shepherds of all people. Those who were on the outskirts were brought into the center of the story. Those who would often be the last to hear of anything that would be going on in the world, in this case, were the first to hear. Because there's already a foreshadowing and a promise of what Jesus would tell his disciples later on, that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And on this night, in the diversity of God's investment of who should hold the gospel story, of who should be a character, who should participate in it, who should be played by children dressed in costumes for nativity plays for years to come, that it would be those shepherds, that they would be the first to go and to see everything just as it had been told to them. They had to matter to God, for God to invest in them. And I wonder if we think about all the different characters that are brought into this moment, this Christmas Eve moment, I wonder if it's so diverse as something to teach us about who God cares about, and that ultimately the investment is so broad that it teaches us that God would care enough about each of us to invest in, that God would care about the young, the less than teenage age shepherds in the fields, and the old, Zechariah and Elizabeth, 
that God would care about those who were continuously praying with their prayers unanswered and those who had prayers that they never even asked answered before their very eyes. That God would call out to those who had some measure of wealth and means with gold, frankincense, and myrrh traveled over a long distance in those magi and that God would care about the poor and the lowly shepherds who had no other job than to quite literally count their sheep. God's investment in the world is for all people, young and old, wealthy and poor, those who are holding on to the slightest last thread of hope, and those who have hope abundant, those who are hurting, and those who have great joy, those who are feeling confident and well and excited and joyous, and those who are unsure and uncertain, those who are plagued by doubts, those with light hearts and heavy hearts. God invests the story of Jesus. This is God's big moment. God invests this story deep and wide in the world for all to take part in it. This investment is a reminder for all of us that you are a worthy investment to God. That just as all of these characters were brought into God's story, so are we. And just by hearing and knowing part of this gospel story, that we also then carry a portion of it. That God looked at all of those folks that we read about in the Gospels and said they are a worthy person to carry this story. And that God looks at us and says you are a worthy person to carry this story. The investment is in all of us. Because God looked and said, I care about you. Some surprising and some unsurprising ways that it comes across. That unlikely characters are brought of central importance. That we could look around and say, everyone here has a part to play in the story of Christ, the light of the world, being brought to us. Hope, peace, joy, and love, the fullness of which we find in Christ and in Christ alone. There's another thing that I think we get reminded of a lot at Christmas time which is to buy local. Buy local. And why would this matter? Because it's a reminder that in this big wide world that we live in that we should care about the places that we are in and that our care with them comes first because God cares about where you live. God cares about your household. God cares about your city. God cares about your area and region, your workplace and your country that God invests in all of these different ways. Buy local. The place that you are in matters. And where does the action center around in our story tonight but Bethlehem? Bethlehem being a small town. On Wednesday nights, um, we, have renewed, we have renewed the word podunk to remember that Nazareth was just such a little podunk town, maybe a one-stoplight or no-stoplight town. And Bethlehem wasn't that much bigger or that much more significant. 
And yet that little local place mattered to God. Why would it matter so much? Why are we here? We know that, that politically we're here because of a census that was taken, because the powers on high wanted to count things up, wanted to know what, what they had in store. But that God's purposes are fulfilled, even by those who are unwittingly making everything come together for all the scriptures to be fulfilled in Christ. That Joseph of the line of David is in Bethlehem, the city of David. And David mattered a lot to God. David, who was the amazing king, who was the warrior and the poet, who was the leader over Israel, who led to victory after victory, who brought Israel and Jerusalem into a time of prosperity and peace. Little David so full of courage that he would stare down Goliath on the battleground, and gentle, thoughtful David who would write psalms for us to sing for centuries to come. David, who is apparently pretty good with a sword and a spear as an adult, but a slingshot as a kid, who also was very good with a harp and with writing down some music and poetry. This David, who would rise to be one of the central figures of the Old Testament, who would be a reminder of the good old days of time long past for all the Israelites to come. The city of David mattered because God loved David, and David loved God. But what was David before he was all of those things? He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd watching his flocks by night. He was on the outskirts and yet was brought into the middle of the story of Israel. This love of David, who was a shepherd turned king, should remind all of us to look at where we are and to not think just because our local isn't the biggest and most important place does not mean that God loves it any less. But rather, God can take a shepherd and turn him into the most famous of kings. What can God do with our life through Jesus Christ our Lord, who is born unto us? Jesus, whose birth was proclaimed first and foremost to the shepherds. I wonder for the shepherds what it would have been like this, this amazing realization, not just the surprise and temporary terror of seeing the angels appear, but to know that, that they were just drawn into the middle of the story. Do you ever feel like an outsider? Is there a group that you feel like you're on the outs with, or maybe those who care a little bit less about you, and yet God says, worry not about those things. I'll bring you right to the middle. If you are with Christ, then you are right in the middle of all, of hope, peace, joy, and love. The city of David. The city of David to remind the people of the shepherd turned king. And now the king of kings and lord of lords will be born in the city of David. And that king will also be a servant and a shepherd to the young and the old, to those whose prayers have gone unanswered as of yet, and to those who look around and say, I didn't even pray for all of the blessings that came to me. 
This is the good news of Jesus Christ being born into the world. And that God cared enough to invest in the shepherds. To remind all of us for all time and eternity until Christ returns or calls us home that we matter to him. That we are worthy of this story to carry it in our hearts. That God looks at you and sees your heart and would say, you matter. Rocks and decriders and rohorses. You matter, Conovers. Even you, Mike. And Benders and Swiftneys and McLeans and Vandermullins. Dave and Lori's on the piano side and on the organ side. What symmetry. Friends, we matter so much to our Lord that he sent Jesus into the world for us. That we are worth the investment of God's love because God has an infinite amount of love to give to us. That God so loved the world that he sent his son for Zechariah and Elizabeth. For God so loved the world that he sent his son to Joseph and Mary. That God so loved the world that he sent his son for the shepherds. That God so loved the world that he sent his son for the magi. That the story of what they saw would become local in their lands, that they could be witnesses to the story. God so loved this world that he sent his son into the world for them and for us. May this peace dwell ever so deeply and richly in our hearts that the words that we spoke with the Advent wreath reading may be true, that we find ourselves to be at home when we are with Christ, and that whatever Christmas traditions we celebrate, that they bring us back home, that they bring us back into this story and that when we remember this manger, that it is not just some far-off, distant thing, but that it happened for you and for me and for all of us. The shepherds would be an unlikely-seeming bet to bring into the story because who would believe them? Who would believe that the shepherds had been the first messengers at the beginning of the gospel story? And yet, they were the ones who went and told everyone. Who would you invest in knowing that God has already invested his love in you? What local place matters so much to you that it can matter to God? That the story of good news can reign in our hearts and in our homes and wherever we for God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus Christ into the world, not to condemn it, but to save the world through him, to give us hope, to give us peace, to give us joy that would endure and to show us what true love really is. We find Christ as the fulfillment of all of it, laid in a manger with shepherds to be the announcers and with everyday folks, you and me, to hold this story, to be a participant in it, and to share it just as the shepherds did. Friends, this is good news. It is good news for us, and always will be. Amen. Let's pray.
Jesus, the story of your birth shows us that you cared so deeply for people at every stage of their life journey, for people in all walks of life, that you care for all the different places that people called home and that they found home when they were with you. Lord, we thank you that today we remember that in the city of the shepherd-turned-king, you sent shepherds to behold the newborn king born on that night. And as the words, the familiar words of silent night echo in our souls, may we find silence and peace in you as the story makes makes its way back into our hearts etched in one more time, just a little deeper, that we celebrate your birth to us, Emmanuel, that you, O God, are with us, and that we are worthy of your love, worthy of your story, worthy because you loved us first. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.